The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. I have the greatest guest today, Deborah King. I've heard of her work for years, and now we get to have a personal conversation today. She just asked me before we came on the air, where are you? And she probably doesn't understand why I said, where am I? (laughs) Most of you know that we're traveling around on our annual summer tour in our RV. That's why this background. And the blinds are shut because if my dogs, who are right here with me, see out the window and somebody walks by in the campground with a dog, they would explode into barking. So I apologize for the somewhat dim background, but I'm in Rhinebeck, New York, because I just completed a full weekend retreat workshop for a very large group of incredibly enthusiastic people. And I'm still just kind of buzzing with the high energy. So I love that I can carry that over, share it with all of you, with our wonderful guest. But first, I just want to acknowledge the wonderful Bev Garlick, who's helping us today in the background. You all know Bev and we love Bev. She's going to be helping with some technical things throughout the show. So thanks, Bev. All right. So, you know, we have so many different topics that we talk about on this show. All of them, though, coming back to the awakened way of living that shows you are not only human. You're part of one big web connecting all that is. And you find healing, hope, connections through expanded states of consciousness. And nobody knows that better than my guest today, Deborah King. But I was thinking about how to bring her in. And I was thinking about something I shared this weekend about my wonderful friend, Brenda. Many of you know Brenda was here in physical form and we had a wonderful friendship. And now she's across the veil helping me with my mediumship. When she came through to me within 24 hours after dying, One of the things she told me is, Suzanne, we're all walking wounded in our physical bodies. But now that she was across the veil, she said, I can see the scars in the aura, but the ones you all work on, they look like glow worms. I absolutely loved that analogy. 
And if you read the biography of my guest, Deborah King, you'll see that she would probably agree. She was quite wounded for a while, but she must look like one big web of glowworms right now. And she'll tell you why. It's, it's what led her to where she is today. Deborah, I'd like to welcome you to the show. It's probably one of the more unorthodox welcomes you've ever had. Definitely. So nice yeah. to be here, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, why don't you tell everybody where you are today? And then I'd love if you just go into your background for those who aren't familiar with you, why I would tell people that you look like one web of glowworms. Uh, well, I'm in Ojai, California, which is a little village just um, an hour or so outside of Los Angeles. Um, I, uh, I moved here actually because of the energy. But oh. let, me, uh, let me back up a little bit. I'll tell you how I got to this point. I was a young um, art charging attorney just out of law school and uh, really uh, intending to make a, a career in the corporate world when I was stopped dead in my tracks by an unexpected cancer diagnosis. So I paused and thought, hmm, I wonder what, um, what caused that. And um, I asked the doctors for a little window of time because the surgery at the time was pretty radical. And you were only in your 20s, you say? Yeah, mm -hmm. just, just 24. That, that had to have been a big shock. Yeah, it was. And, and I, I thought, well, you know, maybe there's some um, alternative solutions. Now, this was before the current popularity of things like meditation. So this was radical thinking at the time. And I, I looked around and I stumbled on meditation and I started meditating and that gave me a lot of clarity. Um, uh, I stopped drinking. That gave me a lot of clarity. I knew huh. I, I knew I had a drinking problem. Hmm. And um, between those two things, I um, kind of woke up. Um, I was guided very early on to an energy healer posing as a massage therapist um, and uh, had three amazing sessions on this woman's table uh, and knew, I just knew that I'd had a healing of some kind. I went back to the hospital in San Francisco because, you know, being a red blooded American, I wanted proof. And I had, I got the proof, you know, and the doctors always say things like, well, we don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing it because right. the cancer was gone. Wow. So so Suzanne, on the way out of the hospital, <clears throat> I was going to catch a cab and I went down the steps and I tripped over a kiosk on the curb. And as I caught my balance, I saw inside the kiosk a flyer that had the word healing on it. So I grabbed the flyer. Yeah, I know. Hopped I had to stop you just a second because sometimes yeah. we have people new on the path here who are listening and they may not realize you say stumbled upon and some of these things like you just happened to try meditation, but you and I both know it's all guided. It's all guided. So I hop in the cab and I'm reading this flyer and I think these people sound like some kind of wacko Christian group, but out of curiosity, I called them and I ended up staying with them for 10 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. They were really uh, on the fringe, extremely guided, incredible, incredible healing work of the highest caliber. When you they, say staying with them, do you mean you li literally lived in residence with them? I, I came and went. I still had a law job and I would spend a week and then go, you know, back back home and work for three and then come back for a week. I, I think I, I spent a couple of months one time at Christmas. Was this um, clandestine while you had your law job or did people know you were? Oh, in? God, no. No, no. The whole thing is a big secret. Okay. <laughs> for many years, for many years, I had these double personas and I kept it a big secret. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how it 
how it slipped out in a minute, but I'll get to the finish line here. So I, I could have stayed there forever, except I was so curious about the original healing I'd had that was not of this teachings that I was studying with these Christian folks. It was different. It was chakra based, you know, heavily Hindu. And so I thought, well, sadly, I left the, uh, the Christian people who it's sort of an esoteric sect. And I went back and studied with the uh, people I, from whom I'd had the original healing. And I ended up spending 10 years there. I, I graduated from their school and then taught there for many years. Wow. Yeah. So uh, may I stop uh, you a second here? Uh, as I hear you talk about this was Hindu, this was Christian. Surely there were commonalities, though. It's all the same. Yeah. It's 100% all the same. Try convincing them that. Uh-huh. Right, right. <laughs> oh, it is. You're so right. It's 100% the same. The undercurrents, the, 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 the core concepts are all the same. Right. And it comes down to your work now. And I don't, please don't jump ahead. Please continue with the story, yeah, but it's well, all energy. You're an yeah, energy yeah, healer. I was just say energy is energy, and I don't care what label you give it. But prayer is healing, and healing is prayer. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so then I went years. around the world a few times and studied in Asia and South America. I spent a lot of time in Nepal. And there I learned sutras. And uh, that that's one of the most important things that I teach. Please explain to everyone <clears throat> what a sutra is. I know it means string, right? Literally. Um, it's an aphorism. It's a little saying. It's sometimes a word or two or three uh, or more. And uh, Patanjali, a, a famous writer from the um, pre-Hindu era, wrote a whole book of them. And yeah. uh, I learned when I was in the East, in, in, uh, initially in Nepal and later in India, I learned this amazing practice uh, that I finally got authorized to teach that you you um, overlay, you add on to a, a base, mantra-based meditation practice. Is and it a, some, a physical movement or words or thoughts? It's, it's words you hear in your head. You don't say them out loud. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've, that's probably something you continue to teach to this day and work into everything you do? Yes. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. True. Okay. But I was I was going to tell you why I, it slipped out. My dual personality finally had to merge. Well, first of all, the Internet crept in and it was kind of hard to hide. Right. But I, I had this other business all this time. Well, into my 50s, I was still um, practicing law and I'm in a little niche field where 85 percent of my clients are East Indian. And oh, wow. Yeah, and I over on the other side of the table, um, in my healing work, I teach in my healing school, I teach Ayurveda, which is East Indian. I teach a guided, uh, um, uh, pardon me, a mantra based meditation, which is East Indian, right? right. So they finally, my clients finally spotted it, finally found me. They somehow they heard about it. It was very. Uh, you were outed. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty amusing when um, when uh, when they and they didn't object. I thought for sure they would think it was just too out there, but they were really kind of entranced by it. It was sort of funny. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. 
So yeah. at what point in all this did your, you, you're a New York Times bestselling author of a book about energetic yeah. healing. That surely was then after people started to, to learn about you and you became more comfortable sharing your story and your work. Uh, yeah, that, um, that uh, particular book, Be Your Own Shaman, uh, is actually my second book. Uh, I have I have four now, mm -hmm. um, and um, I think I was still being pretty secretive around that time. That would be ten, ten or fifteen years ago. <laughs> okay, so your first book yeah. comes out. You're being secretive. Then all of a sudden, you're a New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. yeah no, and my first book is a, is very memoir ish. It's called Truth Heals, What You Hide Can Hurt You. Um, and I thought, I don't know where I got this crazy idea, but I thought, oh, my family, it's its a tell-all. Oh, my family will never stumble on it. And then a week later, oh, no. <laughs> I was on it. I was on um, CNN, and uh, they saw me there with the book. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that secret. <laughs> well, that's all part of the, the journey, isn't it? Coming to accept how others except your journey. So many people listening right now, they want to, they want to share what they're learning and they're worried that their families will reject them if they share their new beliefs. Or not, Suzanne. Let me tell you, my family did not accept it. And uh, I was, I was pretty well ostracized for maybe 10 years. And look, I survived. So I tell people, you know what, if you need to speak your truth, go speak it. Don't, don't wait. Yeah, it, it varies. Each situation is different. But in my case, I, I felt strongly I needed to uh, talk about what had happened to me. It was very healing. Okay. Very healing. And so let's talk about that word healing for a minute. Now, we've had other energy healers on the show, and they're into the kind of energy healing uh, where you, you're channeling energy and working on the physical body. Your focus in energy healing, is it holistic or mainly emotional healing? Well, uh, healing? it works on, it's such a great question. It works on every level, every single level. And, uh, you know, the, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. Um, and and you, it, so you say it works. Do you have a name for your modality and how does it work? Yeah, I have actually uh, created one. Uh, you know, like all, like, like everyone, what I've done is learn from the best. Yeah. And I'm, it's not like we ever invent anything new. We're always either uh, rediscovering something that has been lost or working on something that is not lost, but is available to us. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's no sense claiming that it's yours because <laughs> uh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're recreating what is. Right. And um, I, took what I've uh, learned from you know, all the best teachers in my life, and I call it life force energy healing. It is a little different than anything else out there that's taught, just because I've been exposed to a different set of, of modalities than, say, another teacher. Yeah. What I learned, Suzanne, that's most interesting is that I came full circle. So, you know, I practiced... Um, what, what you what you would call standard energy healing, the kind you're probably thinking of, mm -hmm. for years and taught it for years. And then I went all the way back to the Christians because they actually had it the best. They had, that technique is the most powerful uh, and uh, they would just call it prayer. Oh, yeah. I love that. We all know how to do that. 
Yeah. I, when I was trained by them, um, after after being in residence for a while with them, they assigned me to my first, what you would call a patient, what they would call a client. So I was actually working in a healing center in San Francisco that was a, a, a some huge estate that someone had donated to them. And um, I was assigned, I was told to go down the hall to room four, you know, and heal that woman. <laughs> so, and I, now, now I've had, I've had six months of training at this point. Okay, and, uh, oh, they didn't require, I, be, I even become a believer of, of, I didn't even have to become a member. Mm. Oh yeah, no, these people were so open in their thinking. It was incredible. So I go down the hall and of course I open the door and I promptly forget everything they've taught me. And I went into Western thinking. I looked at the woman in the bed and I thought, oh, she's had a stroke. Mm. I could tell, you know, kind of an attractive 50 or 60 year old gal who clearly had a stroke. You could see the evidence in her face. Mm-hmm. I panicked, <laughs> forgot everything I've been taught about how to heal. And uh, But then after a while, I got, I got my sea legs under me. And uh, fascinating experience there. Every three days I was moved to a different client no one wore white. We didn't dress like hospital personnel. The place was essentially a hospital oh, where, wow. where the only modality offered was prayer. Wow. So, yeah. Your job was you were assigned a guest and you got them up in the morning. I mean, I had people that had congenital um, problems that had not been able to walk or talk since birth. Still, I was taught how to get them up, you know, using, um, you know, they had contraptions that Stood them up, dress them, feed them, talk to them, love them. Uh, the rule was you learned how to, sounds easy, it's really hard. You learn how to impress back over them their perfection. Everyone has this perfection uh, in their energy field, and um, your job is to re impress it back over them to correct the imbalance. This sounds, you know, this is exactly what we were talking about earlier, that we all have it within ourselves to be our own healers because we're using source energy. And it sounds a lot like uh, science of mind, spoken in a lot of uh, science of mind centers, unity principles again. And I love this, that you're empowering people to heal themselves. Yeah, I can see how you do that. Yeah. It's it's not far from science of mind. I'm, uh, I'm very familiar with their teachings. It's not that far off of it. But no, they're not being taught to heal themselves. You're doing that. You're you're the transmitter. The the energy is coming through you. Okay. So you you learn how to. And now I'm going to switch gears here and go over to my chakra based teachings. Okay. So you learn how to attract source, which I would do with a sutra program. You learn how to attract this the the energy that we're all part of that you mentioned earlier in your show you just mentioned it 10 minutes ago right and how and then you're taught how to conduct it through your own energy field and impress it upon someone else okay so it's not self-healing it's healing of another we in we your have, work today do you do you show people though that we have that own power our own power to do that well the energy comes through you so it's always a double healing True. Yeah, and you feel it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's like being jolted by you know a big force of lightning if it's done right. You'll literally feel it course through your body, mind, spirit. 
but because you're intending it for another, you, you benefit, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have you on the show now is because I was very interested in your new class that you have coming up with the shift network, because mm -hmm. it's, it's a big switch from being an energy healer to this upcoming class you have, you're going to teach people how to connect with ascended masters. We said that was the topic for today. And people are probably saying, wasn't this supposed to be about ascended masters? But I wanted to show everybody your background and how this is a big shift. And that's funny because the class is with the shift network, right? I'm also on the faculty and I, and I teach people the same thing, Deborah, how to connect with loved ones who have passed, guides, angels, and of course, ascended masters. So let's make a shift here. And you can see on the screen here that this you're, you're going to be introducing the course with a free event on the shift network just this coming Saturday, I believe. So no, it's Thursday. Is it Thursday? Okay. Here, let, me, let me tell you when it is. It's uh, the 14th. I remember now. It's I think 14th. it might replay. It replays on Saturday. Yeah, it's the 14th at, um, I think, uh, 8.30 Eastern. Mm -hmm. 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. But you have to register everybody. So click the link that's in the show description. It's, if it's on YouTube, it's underneath. If this is Facebook Live, it's up above this video. But what I love about these events that they do is they require us to do a practice and teach something in there. So you're going to actually show people how to connect. But why the the shift in focus now from energy healing to connect with ascended masters? Such a God, such a great question, Suzanne, really. So, um, you know, it happened spontaneously, serendipitously. I don't even remember when I realized I might've hit about 40 or 45 years old that I was really more of a spiritual teacher. That's really what I was doing. Granted, it was through the lens of energy healing, and I do have a vibrant um, school of, where I teach energy healing, uh, life force energy healing, and I teach it in um, five levels. Hmm. Um, but in fact, what I'm really doing is teaching people how to connect spiritually. That's what, really what I'm up to. And That's why I just haven't, my website was just completely redone and you, you won't find the word medium on it too much because mm -hmm. I've realized also that's really what it's all about is spiritual teaching. Yeah, you just sort of grow into it, isn't that the yeah. place? Yeah, so here, here was my own process. I, I was asked by another one of my producers, Mind Valley, about six or seven years ago. Um, they approached me and they said, we know you teach sutras. Would you teach it online? And I'm like, oh, wow. I don't know how the sutra gods are going to feel about that. When I was taught the practice in Asia, well, first of all, I had to beat down the gender problem because I was the wrong gender. They're like, we don't, we don't teach women how to teach this. Oh, wow. So I just kept banging on the door and finally they're like, God, this woman is relentless. And, <laughs> and so I got authorized. Uh, but it was very, it was first very one-on-one. -on -one. And, and I, I, I pictured these elderly monks in their caves and what would they think about me teaching online? And finally I thought, well, we'll find out. So I started teaching in Mind Valley years ago. Um, it was hugely popular. It was their most successful course ever. And then I guess they, they learned something, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, the Shift Network heard about it and called me up and said, hey, can you come over here and teach it? 
So I've taught it a couple years, two or three years now at Ship Network. And, and then they approached me here recently and said, you know, you're, you're getting so many requests for a follow-up to that sutra class. Would you teach again? That's this class about Ascended Masters. Okay. And the, the tie-in, of course, is this, my sutra practice is the fastest way I know of to connect to Ascended Masters. If that's who you want guiding you and that's who I want guiding me, I can assure you. Yeah. It's, it's the fastest it's the it's the um, jet plane there. Really I love is. that. And yeah. what, what intrigued me is in this free event this week, Thursday and Saturday, <clears throat> is that you actually name four of the masters that you're going to help people connect to. Would you talk about that? Oh, yeah, I had fun. I picked four for this um, free webinar. I picked Padre Pio, who I think most people know, um, kindly uh, energy, very kind, very warm, uh, very not religious despite the Padre part of his name. Um, uh, then I chose Christian. I, I have to interrupt that. I'm going to have to tune in because I have not yet connected with him. I'm not familiar with his energy. I know he bilocated. He, and he did. And, and he, he healed. He, he had a 20 hour a day practice of what the church would call confession. What you and I might call um, uh, uh, counseling. Uh, where he, he, he knew that if people could unburden themselves and forgive themselves, they could heal. And so there'd be a line of people out the little church that he was in up in the mountains of Italy. He was just that, a that gold nugget right there was worth the show, right? Uh, yeah. 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 He was all about, you've got to forgive yourself. And so he used that um, method to help thousands and thousands of people, Catholic, non-Catholic alike, he didn't care. He was very ahead of his time. Great. Uh, I, I want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he's fascinating. And, you know, he just died in 1968. So he's very current. Cool. And then I talk about and, and help people connect to Krishnamurti, who I feel is like a neighbor to me because he spent most of his adult life in Ojai, where I live. Why don't you let's say that again, because I, I I feel a lot of the people who follow my work may not be familiar with Krishnamurti is. The yeah, name. he was a he was an, a little boy in East India who got picked up by an esoteric group of another esoteric group of Christians, by the way. Um, and they wanted him to become a world teacher and he abandoned them. He hit his 20s and said, no, I, I don't want that for myself. I want to always be a seeker. And um, he, you know, I feel like he's a neighbor because he literally lived up the street. Really? Uh, yes. And he has great energy, great energy. Yeah, you can really sense him. And then I talk about Mary Baker Eddy, who is uh, America's foremost female religious figure, um, who never wanted to be a religious figure, wanted to be a healer. Who really know? Who really, in her time, is credited with many, many, many physical healings, and whose work I've studied all my life. And I'm not familiar with her. Oh, she's she's pretty interesting. She's a little hard to read because we're talking, you know, 1800s. Okay. So her work is a little tricky to read. But her followers have are all very erudite and 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 thoughtful people who've written books that explore her work, and they're a lot easier to read. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. 
our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Let me, I know you still have one person to go who you're going to introduce us to, an ascended master who you're going to introduce Thursday and Saturday. But what, I just want to make the point right now that to me, this doesn't sound unusual at all because I know and I teach that we can connect with anyone who has passed. But these people who you're mentioning, part of a group of beings who know that they, they, they can continue their path across the veil, helping all of us here. And that makes it all the more easy for us to tune into them because they want to help us. When we reach out to them and ask for their help, they come to us. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, I bet you know, Hildegard of Bingham. Yes, yes, yeah. So I picked one that everybody knew. Well, maybe not everybody knows. So why don't you just tell them those? Well, it's more like uh, 12 and 1300s. And like the other, actually all four, all have one thing in common. First of all, they had terrible illnesses as children. They never really recovered from all four of these people. Well, that's not true of Mary Baker Eddy. She's ill, but then she falls when she's about... 60 years old she has a fall on the ice and they think she's dying and then she speaking of healing herself she heals herself huh she picks huh. up a bible and, and she's literally upstairs in a room dying and then and they all go downstairs to have dinner and the next thing you know she walks down the stairs with a bible in her hand and goes i'm healed and <laughs> it was amazing she was supposed to be you know having taken her last breath up there huh. so i'm always fascinated in methods to connect across the veil. I teach a specific method that uh, I've been teaching for years and works and it's very fast. You, you have one as well. And so I'm looking forward to your course to see how that works and, and how it would help in my work. I love that, that empty cup, right? You can always learn more. Oh, absolutely. So when you, in this free event, for those who can't take the course, you won't have the time to teach your whole method, but would, what will you do? Guide people to connect? I, in the free event that's Thursday and Saturday, I teach a method of um, connecting and I use Padre Pio as the figure. Um, and once you've done it with me, once the viewer or listener's done it with me, they, they, they can move it on to another person. Cool. And then yeah. the whole course, if people decide to take the course, you just go more into depth of how that works and when you might want to use it. Well, the course is five weeks long and it's, it's the, um, it, it focuses heavily on ascended masters, um, angels, animal guides, ancestor guides. Um, it, you know, it hits all the, all the, all the big ones for guidance, as well as I, either give you the sutras if you don't have them or 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 re reseed them and, and reinvigorate them if you do have them because I have thousands and thousands of students who've already learned the sutras from me that my experience is it needs to be reinvigorated every now and then like you know all our practices Suzanne I, I just wrote on my notepad here sign me up <laughs> So would you tell us what your practice is? Because I, I feel that you wouldn't be introducing us to these four masters this week if you hadn't had actual 
conversations with them. Is it for you a conversation? Sometimes, but not very often might be my answer. It's more like a sense of presence. Okay. And some, and then you get some guidance maybe while you're focused on them or maybe later while you're doing the dishes or driving the car, you'll suddenly yeah. have an insight and think, oh, I got that back then and here it is. That's yeah. what I should do about my family situation. And that's what's so helpful is turning mm -hmm. this into something that helps us in our everyday lives. Right. Yeah, and that's what they want to do for us. Well, you had offered to answer questions from people who are with us live. We're not going to take them as calls. You can write them into the chat and Bev will ask the questions for us. I'm going to uh, bring Bev into the background here. And so we'll chat for another minute while Bev looks over the questions, since I just let you all know you can do that. But uh, what is your daily practice of connecting or being centered Deborah um, I do a I do the same thing I teach I do a 20 minute mantra based meditation um, I've taught maybe you know, 50,000 people how to do that and and then I do the sutras which take another say five twice ideally ideally I would do it twice a day but uh, so I love that I, I love that this I miss the second one a lot of times but the sutra's only taking five minutes right away. Everybody says, oh, I can do that. It's yeah. not like it has to change your whole schedule. Yeah, yeah. and then the, the masters would tell you you should uh, lay down for a few minutes afterwards and let your um, nervous system recalibrate. Um, that would be ideal. Okay, interesting. So, mm. Bev, have you come up with a question from somebody who's with us live? Uh, let me switch here to the chat box. Um, Tina asks, why ascended masters versus reaching out to guides or uh, an archangel? Good, good question, because that's why in the actual course I teach, I cover uh, ascended masters as well as divine figures and saints, as well as angels. Not, not to forget ancestors and animal guides. So I believe that all five are, um, you know, e equally helpful. It's just whatever works best for you. I recommend that you get trained in all five and then kind of pick and choose and for the moment, whichever one works best in the moment. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bev, you, you need to keep one. those questions coming, yeah? Okay. Um, this, uh, Celine asks, what is the biggest common block that you find people have that keeps them from reaching a state of being able to receive the messages? Great question. Uh, Celine, it's the same thing that keeps people from, well, let's back up. It, you want to expand your energy field so that you have more clarity, more information, you're more enlightened. So uh, you, 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 in, in order to do that, um, you, you need a prayer base or a meditation base. Uh, and and the biggest block is lack of self-forgiveness. It's when I initiate people from the second to the third level, uh, 
the, the biggest block I run into is they can't let go of the bad feelings they have about themselves over the divorce, the abortion, what they did to their mother, you know, screwing up that job, any of the above or all of the above. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, another one? Sure. Um, I don't have a name on this, but uh, how does one know if they are receiving guidance from an actual ascended master? How do we know who they are? These are such good questions, aren't they, Suzanne? They are, yeah, outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it takes time and practice. And um, if you proceed your attempt to connect with a strong meditative base, you're, you can be pretty assured that you're working on a, a level of the field that is filled, filled with light masters and not dark. I'll add on to that question. It's one that, that I get all the time from people. And that is, how do you know that it's not your own imagination that you're connecting with these beings? I think it's hard at first. I think it's a, I'll go back to my early, early uh, esoteric Christian teachers. They kept saying, well, Deborah, use your discernment. And I thought, what in the world is that? <laughs> Remember, I was only about 25 years old. <clears throat> I don't think I had a whole lot of discernment at the time, but if you, if you use it all the time, it comes. Yeah. And you listen to your heart. You, you start to learn to trust your heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you do this for a year or two, you get pretty good at it. You, you, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Deborah, are you up to more? Tell us when we're overloading you. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I've got to switch screens here. Um, I'm sorry, I have to scroll through the, the chat. Uh, Marilyn asks, do Ascended Masters ever make a visual presence? I found that to be quite strong for me. Really? Yeah, I took about um, five years at one point when I was in my 50s and living in a remote area of California. Um, I, 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 kinda, I, I quit practicing law and uh, I was just teaching a little bit. So I was spending a great deal of time in silence and in meditation. And in, in that part of my life, I got a lot of visual connections, really strong. I mean, they would just like pop in. Now was that objective? Like yeah, they, you actually saw exactly. them out in the room or was this on the screen of your mind subjective? Oh, screen of your mind. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, always, I know that some people have had those objective visions and it's got to be stunning yeah i was uh, living in this little village and i discovered there was a uh, and i wasn't a churchgoer at all but i discovered there was a, a, a monastery about three or four miles away and um i would <laughs> those poor months i would pull in their parking lot at 4 30 the chapel was open i'm sure i was shining my lights probably right into their sleeping area, you know, <laughs> not very thoughtful of me. And I'd go into the chapel and I would meditate there from 4.30 till they came in at seven. So by the time they came in, man, I was hiring a kite, you know, <laughs> floating around the room. <laughs> but I'll tell you something that happened on my way there one day. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. I, um, it was foggy. It was a foggy morning. Again, it's 4.30 in the morning, you know, 
and I see what looks like either a body or clothing on the side of the road. So I slow way down, it's a little country lane. And I think, my God, I think that's a live person. So I jump out of my car and I run over and it's a man. I can't figure out how in the world he got there. He's just laying on this flat road. And I ran back to my car. I had a, so long ago, I had a big phone built in, not a little cell phone, but one of those things like a red box, you know? Yeah, in a, in a bag, right? <laughs> yeah, and I quick called 911. Fortunately, there was a connection, but we were 20 minutes from nowhere. And I ran back to him and I thought, oh my God, you know? And I ran back to my car and I got clothing and I, I saw he was bleeding heavily and I tried to, you know, stop the bleeding. And I remember I kind of laid next to him and was holding him and talking to him, trying to keep him alive. Wow. 20 minutes it took for the ambulance to get there. Well, by then, now at this point, I'm teaching energy healing. I'm 40 okay. or something. I have and, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking. So by then I'm so uh, corded to him. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> so I follow we were an hour from Santa Barbara, which would be the nearest hospital. So I follow the ambulance to Santa Barbara, not knowing what else to do. And I still can't figure out what this man is doing in, you know, in the dirt there at the side of the road. It turned out his car had gone over the cliff and he crawled back up. Oh, wow. So I go in and I'm, I'm teaching energy healing at the time, but not that sure of myself. And I go every day. Every day I drive down there and go to his room and do energy healing. And I was, I'll tell you what really blew me away was how nice the nurses and doctors were. They never stared at me like, look at that weird woman waving her arms around. <laughs> now, was he conscious? Did he know? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, no. And, and it, turned out, it turned out he was one of the people that came every morning at 730 to the chapel for the, for the mass. I recognized him by then, you know, in the daylight. Wow. Yeah. So he was just coming over early, <laughs> figuring that. He probably knew I was so, uh, but I didn't know his name and it turned out he, so I went every day for about a month. And then one day the, the hospital called me and they said, nearest of your nearest of kin to this man. I said, oh, I, no, 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 I'm not nearest of kin. He, he's a, just somebody I found in the road. Well, as nearest of kin, we want you to know that we're putting him out on the street tomorrow morning because our indigent fund is now empty. Wow. It's November and we don't get refunded until January and we have no choice but to put him out on the street. So I called my husband and I said, I'm going down to pick up Tomas <laughs> and I'm bringing him home, get the master bedroom ready. So <laughs> The master bedroom? Well, yeah, because it was on the ground floor. Okay. So I really man in a wheelchair. And when I was at the hospital, they, um, they said, do you know how to deal with the open wounds? Uh, I said, Oh, sure. I deal with horses all the time. Total lie. <laughs> so they showed me, but I don't remember a thing. I, I was so nervous. And so I'm changing his, he's got open wounds. It's, it's right arm and left leg. And uh, I had I had a service come a week later. Uh, home health service people came and watched me, and they said, "Oh my God, you're not gloved up. <laughs> now we have to send you in for hepatitis and AIDS testing." Are you? I didn't know any better, you know. So <laughs> um, he stayed in our house for a couple of months. He his he they saved his arm and his leg. Incredible. You Incredible. saved. You yeah, said, and, well, spirit yeah. puts you there at that right time. And every Christmas he calls me, 20, 30 years later, right? He calls me and, and uh, thanks me. 
what an experience it was for me. What uh, prompted this story? I know there was a thread we were we were on here. I don't recall. <laughs> it's, I, don't I don't care. Recall. It's such a great I, story. You, I, mean, I can feel your beautiful energy, but that story, everybody, doesn't it just put her up a notch right there? Uh, Who does well, that? I think it demonstrates how little you have to know. You just have to have good intentions. I really knew very little about what I was doing, yeah. either medically or energetically. I was so green, such a novice. I mean, the fact I was a teacher meant zip. You know, it, it takes thousands of bodies, thousands of healings to really figure it out. Wow. You know, all my teachers are dead now. I'm I'm the end of the I'm the I'm I'm at the you know, people say, well, you're at the top. And I'm like, well, yes, because everyone else has died. <laughs> Truly, everybody's gone. All my teachers are gone. Wow. Well, that's mm -hmm. you're you're carrying on their legacy. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And I can't wait to I have right now I have 10 of the most gifted students who've been with me, some for just a few years, but some for 10 or 15 who do the most amazingly um, gifted energy healing work, really. Yeah. 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 Tell us no. about your center. Uh, well, of course, it's all uh, energetic, so it's not um, not a place, right? Okay, and so it's not a virtual. We couldn't go visit it in California. No, it's not brick and mortar. Okay. Um, uh, and I, I've been teaching a long time now, 40 years, I guess. Well, I look forward to learning more about your teaching. I know I read your first book and was familiar with your story, but I've learned a lot more today. And uh -huh. it excites me to always to learn new modalities. And just to oh, feel me too. Me too. I, I just love learning a new modality. Yeah. And, and I think let's just discuss for one minute before we wrap this up that as I taught the students in my workshop this past weekend, you know, I taught this seven step process. I call it the bless me method for connecting with higher consciousness. But I said, it's a process for those of us who have left brains and like a system when we don't really know how to connect, mm -hmm. but really it's intention, awareness, belief, and you just can learn to just connect. Would you agree? Oh, exactly. And it's so hard, isn't it, to, to teach it because we're using words that don't actually convey it. Right, and you can't tell somebody who's new to this, just connect. And that's right. where the, that's the beauty of having a process. So I look forward to learning what yours is. Yeah. Great. Well, is there anything you'd like to leave everybody with before we end the program today? Uh, no, uh, uh, Suzanne, if, if they're interested to learn more, they can go to DebraKing.com forward slash hope, H-O-P-E, DebraKing.com forward slash hope, where I um, am giving away um, a really... Um, a really pretty um, exciting guided meditation to Shasta to connect with the ascended masters that live at the top of Shasta, Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta in California. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm giving that away and um, to, you know, your, your uh, lovely audience. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you on their behalf. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I learned a lot and I know everybody else did as well. well you have great energy. I really enjoyed talking to you. Good. Well, it's a little depleted after this weekend, but just I talk, bet. talking about these topics always just bring me right back, right back online. <laughs> and I want to thank Bev in the background there. I want to thank all of you for joining us. And uh, just if you are 
enjoying this show and you're new to it, go to SuzanneGiesman.com, look up podcasts. We'll send an email out before every show just to notify you and so you don't miss them live. Otherwise, you'll find these shows, all of them archived on YouTube. So everybody go out and have a great week. Really, really, really enjoyed spending time with you here. Thanks to Bev in the background, and we will see you back here next time. Thanks again. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.